Welcome to the Real Deal Brides podcast. My name is Alessandra Macaluso, author of the Real Deal Bridal Bible, and this is episode two. Today we have with us Esme Kron. She is a wedding coordinator, very talented wedding co- coordinator of Boda Maestra located in the Washington DC area and she's going to be sharing with us a ton of tips and incredible things that you need to know, especially if you just got engaged. Welcome to the show, Esme. Hi, Emily. I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming on. I'm really, really excited to talk to you, actually. We have a lot of really good things to talk about. Um, I want to first start with a quick introduction of how you got started in the we- in the wedding business. Can you let us know how you got started? Yes. You know, um, it was 2004, and honestly, I'm not going to tell the same story that, that a lot of people says. well, I was organizing my own wedding, and I thought I could be a wedding planner. Right. No, that's, that didn't happen to me. I just, honestly, as a guest, I always find myself enjoying weddings. And I always thought that things could be, could have been done better. And that was always my thought, like, from years back. And then um, I wanted to start my own business. And I thought, you know, I think I can do that. Because my background in the corporate world is really logistics and vendor negotiation. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I can do that. So it was really a good fit for me. Excellent. You know, it's so refreshing to hear that because you're right. A lot of people just say, I was planning my own wedding, you know, and that's nice because it's at the same time, you know, it it is inspirational, but it's really nice to hear that you have the corporate background and that you're so passionate about it because I can already tell just from a quick look at your blog, by the way, that's bodamaestra.com. I love how everything is so professional and everything is so colorful and you can really, really tell that you see the details in every single wedding that you plan. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm striving for, really, just to um, have a unique wedding for each couple and for their guests as well. I know that you were recently you recently attended a conference, right, with David Tutera and Preston Bailey. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. That was um couple weeks ago in Philly and I mean I'm located in DC as you mentioned but I thought it was worth the trip going to see the two of them and honestly the two of them are really uh, great role models for the people who work like me in the wedding industry very knowledgeable humble um, really uh, nice people that's incredible I can't even imagine how incredible that must have been to sit there and you know hear them talk and hear their pointers and just as somebody who loves weddings just as much. I, I just think that that's really cool. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, but it was really surprising. Uh, you always think, I mean, for me, I thought, you know, I'm, I want to go and I want to know the wedding trends for 2016. I right. I want to know. Like, I want them to tell me. Right. And you know what they told me? Both of them. Um, they said, you are going to be the trendsetter. The trends for the wedding business are whatever you decide them to be. Don't follow, create. So that was really inspiring, thinking, you know what? All right, then. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. It's that simple. And I never, you know, thought about it that way. So I love that because then it also gives brides the chance to 
go in their own direction and trust their own instincts when it comes to what they're passionate about. There's so much information out there, as you know, that you can really get caught up in trying to chase trends or, or try to, you know, do things as they are right now. But I think at the end of the day, weddings always come back to the classic. Like they always kind of come back to what's true to you. And it's really about the couple, you know? Yes. Yes. That, that is absolutely right. It, it's about what do you want to feel when you're weddings walk into your wedding and also you know how do you want to remember that day what memories are going to be important to you um so yeah that's what it's all about about the wedding experience that you're providing to your guests but it's obviously about you and for me for the couple is honestly stress-free wedding that's what i'm yes yes i love that (laughs) that's what i'm all about too whatever can make it the least stressful and that's going to look different based on whatever kind of couple you're a part of, right? Like every couple is different. I think the priority is going to be to figure out what works for you, which is a good point because once you're engaged, you have a lot of great tips about, you know, once you're engaged, what do you do before signing your first contract? You know, what should be the very first step prior to starting? Because I found that when you get the ball rolling, sometimes it's hard to go in reverse you know, once you start signing contracts and once you start making plans, it's really hard to go backwards. So what would you say is the first step a couple should take before signing anything? You know, the very first step that a lot of couples overlook, not everybody that I've, you know, worked with, but you don't do a prior brainstorming uh, about how their wedding is going to look like. Right. You know, sometimes I have a couple in front of me and they say, oh, we want 200 guests. And She's looking like, no, we're going to do 80 people. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, they haven't talked about this. So it's very noticeable. But it's, it's, it seems obvious, but sometimes it, it just is not obvious. So whatever um, your priorities are going to be, just talk to them, talk to, um, to the, uh, about the priorities in advance. It's, that is really important, really, for your budget. Yes. Yeah. Uh, communication, I feel like, is huge. And I think if you're, you know, in a solid place, which hopefully you are as a couple, if you're planning to get married, just focus on communication. As long as you guys communicate the whole way, especially like you said, before you sign anything, then you'll have a good idea and you'll at least be on the same page. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, one of the things um, that you also should consider is at the very beginning is you and your fiance thinking about the wedding plans and not um, not quite yet, you know, basically getting gathering information from people because, as you know, I know you mentioned in your book, uh, you know, uh, the people around us, you know, family and friends, it can be wonderful, but they can all get, get a little crazy. Yes. Uh, wedding planning journey. So um, at the beginning, it's just you and him, and just one you square things away that you can kind of release information as you have it. Yes. Oh my God, that is such a good tip. It's so true because really people tend to have the best of intentions, but it never, it it can get very, very messy when it comes to wedding planning, which, you know, you're, you're reminding me about the bridal party because I feel like that's another big thing is when you come out of the gate and you get engaged, you want to ask everybody under the sun. And that's really nice in a lot of ways, but there are also some things you should think about before you select your bridal party. So do you have any good tips that you can offer brides on how to choose? Yes, absolutely. For me, it's, it's very straightforward. People who have been with you throughout the toughest 
moment of your life, or even the most fun times. You know, it doesn't have to be just through the bad times. You know, but everything through friends. Um, if you have uh, frenemies, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of like that, just skip those. You know, or if you know that there are some family members or best friends that currently they're going through a very difficult life situation, like you know they maybe a divorce or um, I don't know bankruptcy or maybe they're sick. So there's people like, oh my god, I wanted to ask so and so to be my bridesmaid, but she's gonna have surgery the month before my wedding. Yeah, and I think well, that's probably not what you want to do because people want to. Uh, please, you know, friends, but you cannot do it all the time. So basically try to look for um, people who you think they're going to be okay in committing with you because at the end of the day, I mean, they have to spend, you know, some money to be with you. Yes, I, I think you're absolutely right. A lot of times if you're a bride, you're looking at it from your angle, but you have to look at it from the other person's angle. And sometimes not everybody's in the right point in their life to be a bridesmaid, like you said, yes. you know. So I think it's really nice that you say that. Also, um, I want to talk about in a little bit your ebook because I know that if you go to your website, bodomaestra.com, you can actually find your ebook there. If you click on blog, you'll see it on the right-hand side. And we'll include all these links um, in the notes in the post about this um, podcast. But you have a place where you can sign up to get your free ebook. And I'm not going to give everything away or talk about it all, but I do want to touch on um, what you say about that. In terms of, you know, selecting your bridal party and uh, making sure that you're asking all the right questions before you do that. But before we talk about any of that, I wanted to ask you, a lot of people say, you know, do I really need a wedding planner? And um, it's interesting because both my sister and I took two different approaches. I did not have a wedding planner and she did. And I feel like in a lot of ways, her wedding planner really came in, I mean, she was clutch on so many moments on her wedding day that looking back, I feel like, wow, I wonder what could have been different if I had had a wedding planner. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you suggest to brides that they really need a wedding planner? You know, obviously I'm pretty biased. Right. <laughs> one, but, um, honestly, when I meet with people who thought all along, I'm not going to have a wedding plan. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And then let's say they hire me for the day off. Once you see their faces and they talk to you, I almost feel like as you know, as psychologists, they talk to you, yes. and everything. Oh, that feels so good. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not gonna deal with any of that because then they realize, you know what? Yeah, there's a lot more things than I ever thought they were going to be. You know, kind of shaky or this is for me i think there's you know wedding planners who are startups or you know very experienced one you can find i think any uh, different prices you know and it will be based on experience what you'll find out but at the end of the day if you have extra help i think is i highly recommend it i don't think it's extravagant and by the way i think the wedding planner for the most part especially when you're the day of coordinator you are the, the i mean we are the vendor who receives the less money. So yeah, and you work the entire day. Right. And you're working with all of the vendors, which is ironic. Yes. Yes. So it's not really that much when you think about it. No, it's not. You're totally right about the sanity thing because there are so many moving parts that you just can't think about beforehand and that you don't, you won't know until that day. And I'll tell you from my sister, she um, actually had a dress and I talk about this in my book. She had a flower pop off of her dress 
And she spent a lot of money on that dress. It was a Panina Tournay gown and she got it at Kleinfeld's and it was so magical because Panina Tournay was there that day that my sister ordered it, you know, so she actually, yeah, it was pretty amazing. So she actually was fitted by her and it was a beautiful, beautiful gown, but sometimes you just can't plan for things. And on the day of the wedding, the um, flower, like one of the most prominent flowers on her wedding gown popped right off. And I'll tell you this. Her wedding planner was right there with a needle and thread. She sewed it back on. If she wasn't there, none of us would have been able to do that. You know, my sister would have been stuck there. And maybe it's something that, you know, your average guests wouldn't have noticed. But my sister noticed and it was really upsetting. Yes, so of course. the fact that she was there was amazing. And another thing that I loved about her, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of this, is that it was really nice to have somebody there that was kind of like a neutral party when it came to family and like what people wanted you to do. It was really nice for my sister to be able to take a step back and allow the co- the wedding day coordinator deal with all of that. Yeah, that is so true. Sometimes, you know, bride and grooms are trying to kind of ask me for support. Don't you think, Esme? You know, do you think this is better? Or mm-hmm. in, you know, in your expert opinion, what do you think? So I feel good when they put me right in the middle because honestly, I don't want to take sides. Sometimes I do a little bit because this is the other, other thing I wanted to mention <laughs> to you. It's so funny that some brides can really take over the planning. Yes. But nowadays, you realize that um, more girls really want to actually have a voice and say, you know, take part of the planning and maybe say, hey, could we have a blush wedding? You know, they do. They do say something. And so, some brides, they were like, uh, excuse me, why do you think you can choose thick wedding colors? <laughs> It's funny, but they they really now are more into, and I love that. It's nice to see that, yeah. Yes, so I sometimes when I feel like the bride is taking over a lot of the planning and the guy's trying to speak up, I say, you know what, let's listen to, you know, so-and-so, and, and, oh, that's a great point, just to kind of get some ideas, you know, from him also incorporating to the wedding. Yes, (laughs) I really like that. My husband, basically, he kind of took a backseat to a lot of it, but he did have his things that he wanted. Like, he's very much into beer. So for our toast, we didn't have champagne. We got married in October and he was adamant that he wanted Sam Adams Oktoberfest in in champagne flutes at the wedding. And I was like, "What are you crazy? Oh my god, no way." You know, I didn't want I didn't want to do that at first, but then I was like, "You know what? It actually is a pretty cool idea." And I can't tell you how many people came up to us later and said, that was really awesome. Like we were expecting champagne and it was like a nice surprise to have like a good seasonal like beer in your mug, you know, in your in your champagne flute rather. So I don't know. I liked it. I was glad he spoke up. <laughs> of course. Exactly. And that is so him and kudos to you for listening to him. You know, it's, it's not like you wanted to kill him. What? <laughs> champagne. We need to do champagne. Yeah, it kind of, you're right because it kind of brings another element to it where you have – you know, he was never into weddings. He never thought about weddings or anything like that. But he was looking at it with a fresh eye. And he was like, you know what would be cool? And you know what? It really was cool. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of all this mediating, quote unquote. Yes. How would you say a bride can prepare herself um, and a wedding planner for family dynamics? Well, I, that's one of the basic questions I have for my couples. Um, and I, I just honestly 
always ask them, you know, you got to tell me if there's special family dynamics, like if there's, you know, um, stepmom, stepdad, and how they get along. Are there siblings that they haven't spoken to each other in a while? Right. For me, as a third party, I need to know just to make sure that, you, you know, they're probably just maybe not in close contact if they can't have that kind of relationship for, you know, even years after. So, and I, you know, I have never really... <laughs> quote unquote lecture any parent, you know, but I tried to um, come across as understanding, obviously, to them because I know it's difficult. I had a wedding where actually the parents of the bride were married for, let's say, oh gosh, I think it was 26 years, and the divorce occurred maybe six months before the wedding. No. Mom was really, really hurt. So I talked to her and pulled her aside and said, I know you're not feeling well and this is not a good thing, but you need to be there for your daughter. Oh yeah. If you can get through that, I know she's going to appreciate that. And I know I know it's hard, but this is about her, you know. And hey, I took the chance and she looked at me and she said, "You know what? You're right." And she had one of the most uh, touching speeches, you know, that a mother of the bride can have said that I ever heard. So I was so wow. Listen to her and, and actually she she thanked the, her dad, you know, the bride's dad. Uh, you know, for raising her and being a part of um, her life. So that was really awesome. She completely put all that aside. So um, it, it's hard sometimes to give advice when it comes to this, to these things. But um, for the most part, parents really um, step up. You're absolutely right. Like a lot of times weddings conjure up like so many emotions and everybody, you know, everybody's trying to find their place. And it really is, it's such a wonderful day, but it's also really taxing on people's emotions so to have somebody like you who can step in and give that kind of pep talk because her daughter wouldn't be able to have said something like that maybe on any other given day but not on the wedding day you know when you have so many other things going on and to think about and you know it's so nice to have somebody like you step in and remind people of perspective and you know what is really important on that day yeah, when she was done, she was so sweet. She came to me and she said, I did it. And I said, and you did great. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. That is so cool. So, yeah. so being that you're, you know, a wedding coordinator, can you tell me the difference, tell us the difference between being an on-site coordinator versus a actual wedding coordinator? What are the differences? I am so glad you asked that because there's a lot of confusion in about the concept of it. Mm-hmm. And venues usually will sell on that, say, you know what? With if you ha- you know if you want to have your wedding, yeah, our beautiful venue, you don't need a wedding coordinator because we have a site coordinator. Right. And it's not the same. It's really not the same because the site coordinator is going to be exclusively working at the venue Mm -hmm. for the venue. Right. And if you're going to be at the hotel dealing with your makeup artist not arriving on time or the flowers not being delivered, she's not going to be confirming all of your vendors, you know, and chasing them, asking where they are. Right. She's not going to be doing that. So some people do not understand that, yes, it's going to help you at the venue. But it's not going to do any of the confirming vendors or creating your entire timeline. Uh, when it's when you're working with a um, hotel or a restaurant venue, you get maybe a little more coordination from the site itself. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really help you off-site on or all the um, pre-production activities that you have to take care of uh, before the day of the wedding. So it's really not 
not the same at all. I think you explained that perfectly. It makes so much sense. The difference is that the wedding coordinator works for you, the bride. The site coordinator is getting paid by the reception hall, which is, you know, I experienced that firsthand because again, I had a site coordinator. My sister had a wedding coordinator. And while my site coordinator was nice, you know, I mean, I don't really have a bad thing to say about her. She wasn't there for me. She didn't help me with anything in terms of the other moving parts of my wedding, you know? So I can totally relate to that. That makes so much sense. I would rather pay somebody who's there for me for all elements of my day versus just, you know, being on site at the reception hall. So I love that. Yeah, and don't take me wrong. I really actually like to work at venues where there are venue coordinators because they know, you know, for example, the lighting, how it works and the sound. Um, right. They work really close with the wedding coordinator. And that's awesome because, like I said, they know their venue. They know how people will flow from one room to the other. Um, uh, they they actually are checking bathrooms, things sort of that nature, you know, um, yeah. for guests. For things that they need to look um, nice, but uh, they really don't do any of the things that the wedding coordinator, wedding planner does for you. Well, I can tell, I mean, just a quick look at your Instagram and I follow you on Instagram. I love following you on Instagram because you have the most beautiful, colorful photos. You have the most amazing things I'm, I'm seeing on the wedding scene right now. Um, and I really, really love how you make everything personal for your brides. So um, your Instagram, by the way, for any for our listeners, is Boda Maestra, and that's B O D A M A E S T R A, correct? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, follow Boda Maestra on Instagram because she really does have the most colorful, beautiful, really awesome ideas on there. And your, I want to talk just briefly about your ebook. Um, your ebook it's called Seven Ways to Keep Your Sanity While Planning Your Wedding. And that's what I love because I feel like that's what my whole book is about too. It's it's how to keep your sanity. You know, it's not saying do this this way, do this that way. It's saying let's figure out how to help you figure out what works for you specifically so that you can keep your sanity. Um, one of the one of the things that I loved when I opened your ebook was the number one tip, which was to create a wedding only email address. And that's so genius. I never would have even have thought to have done that when I got married. It is such a simple thing to do, by the way, because nowadays, I mean, I mean, everybody has email addresses, and this one in particular can be really disposable because once you're done with the wedding, you can not check this you know, email account. Ever. Shut it down. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, you're gonna be invited to all these regular shows for the next five years. Yes. But so, if this was your uh, personal, I mean, your work email, that wouldn't be a good thing. Or the one that you use for all your personal stuff, but your Gmail account or whatever that is, that's not a good thing either because vendors are going to email you. And guess what? You don't want to miss any communication because you you could be you end up being your worst enemy if you don't follow up um, as fast as you should. Yes, good point. That's a that's a huge sanity saving tip. So. Um, yes. Again, the ebook is called Seven Ways to Keep Your Sanity While Planning Your Wedding. You can find it on Esme's blog and website. It's bodamaestra.com. Again, that's www.bodamaestra.com. Any final notes you want to say to um, brides-to-be or hopeful brides-to-be or anybody who's married? Yes. Um, I know people always are super concerned about budget. Mm-hmm. And 
a good, good way to find out um, is I, I love this website and you gotta check it out before you commit to anything. Um, it's uh, costofwedding.com. Uh, you can just plug in your zip code and all this information about what other couples have spent in, I think they do it in prior years. Like there's probably right now information from 2014 to through 2015, maybe a couple of years even, but that is so helpful just so you have an idea. Because wow. Then, yeah, then you have a bride thinking, you know what, I'm gonna hire this guy for $500, that's an awesome deal. And that then you'll see that that's not what professionals are charging. That's someone who is just starting off and yeah. they just want that portfolio and they're gonna experiment with your wedding. Right, oh my God, I had that happen to me with invitations. That's a story for another episode, <laughs> but I wish I knew about this tool. That's that's awesome. So what is it again? Costofwedding.com? Yes. Costofwedding.com. Yep. Oh, I love that. Well, I'm glad that you said that, and I'm really excited to have you on here. So um, for anybody listening, again, this, we're speaking with Esme Kran of Bodo Maestra. Um, and again, check out her Instagram, Bodo Maestra. She has some really colorful, beautiful, awesome ideas. She's super classy. Um, she's bilingual. Um, so one of the things I love about you, Esme, is that you focus on culture and customs um, for all brides, which is huge. And I'm sure you see a lot, especially when, when marrying two different backgrounds. Yes, yes. Yeah, the idea of actually focusing on, you know, Latin American couples is because my husband is um, American. I'm from originally from Mexico, and I've been here in the United States about 10 years now. And I thought, basically, I'm going to look for a, an ideal client just kind of like me, you know, where two different worlds come together. But nowadays, honestly, I have weddings of all sorts of um walks of life you know I have Indian weddings you know American weddings and it, it's just fun you know I don't want to become like everybody else and at the same time um, I'm obviously I'm able to do any kind of um, wedding ceremony um, even though he doesn't have a really strong cultural background so which is uh, which I enjoy thank you so much for speaking with us today and I'm going to have all of the links that we talked about in this podcast listed right there in the post for it. So uh, visit Esme's website. Again, it's bodomaestra.com. Uh, check her out. Get her ebook, Seven Ways to Keep Your Sanity While, wedding, while, while Planning Your Wedding, um, that you can find through her blog. And thanks for coming in today, Esme. I had a great time talking with you. Oh, same here, Allie. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm looking forward to share more planning tips with all your audience. Great. We'll talk to you again soon because I'm sure you're going to be a recurring guest on here. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thanks. That's my...